The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky thing, Mrs. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Joe Napote, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. This was another comedy spotlight. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. This has happened to me, I bet, four or five times, and I'm sure it's happened to most of you. You're invited to someone's house you haven't seen for some time, and they have a dog. They have a large, vicious dog, you see. But... They've had this dog since it was a puppy, and they're very proud of it, and they're completely unaware of the fact that it's now a large, vicious dog, you see. And uh, you're kind of on the horns of a dilemma, because you don't know, uh, you know, you don't want to offend the guy by appearing ill at ease, and at the same time, you don't want to get eaten alive by this large monster, see. So you're invited to the guy's house, and usually it it winds up the evening going uh, something like this. Oh, gee, this is a real nice place you got out here, Harry. Gee, I love this. I love this chair. Modern, isn't it? Yeah. It uh, seems kind of lonely out here. You know, there aren't too many houses around. I imagine it gets kind of lonely at night, doesn't it? Oh, you, you have a dog, do you? Oh, sure. I'd, I'd love to see him. Uh, where is he? In? in the backyard? Sure, let him in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hi, hi there, fella. Hi. Hi, boy. Oh, he's uh, a lot heavier than he looks, isn't he, Harry? <laughs> well, he, well, he can keep you pinned to the chair like that with just his two front paws. <laughs> you, uh, you just beat him, did you, Harry? Uh, uh, what'd you get, Harry? L- liver. Yeah. I, I thought that's what it was, Harry. <laughs> He starts to bother me, just cuff him behind the ear. I sure will, Harry. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what, uh, what, what kind of dog is he, Harry? Do- Doberman, is, is that right? <laughs> See, they, they make great watchdogs, don't they? Ne- nearly tore the burglar to pieces before you could get him off. <laughs> Hi there, fella. Hi, boy. <laughs> oh, you're a pretty dog. <laughs> what, I, what I like a what, Harry? A drink. Yeah, a drink would be fine, Harry. Uh, scotch and water. Uh, you aren't going to have to leave the room, are you, Harry? <laughs> Harry! Harry! Hi, hi there, fella. Hi. Hi, I don't suppose you want to get down, boy, do you? Just, just stay like this. You want to play a little game, boy? Want to chase the fountain pen, boy? Chase, chase the fountain pen, boy. There you go, boy. Boy, you're a fast little dog, aren't you? 
Want to, want to give me back the fountain pen, boy? Don't, don't want to give me back the pen, huh, boy? Chew it up good. That's the way, boy. Swallow it, boy. Maybe it'll stick in your... Hi, Harry. Yeah, yeah, we're getting, we're getting along just fine. No, no, he doesn't bother me at all. Oh, all right. Well, if you want to tell him to get down. Hi there, fella. Hi, boy. Well, he sure looks harmless just laying there on the floor, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he chewed my fountain pen, Harry. <laughs> kind of looks like a chow there with that blue tongue, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, oh, my drink, yeah. What, what, what'd I do, Harry? Any, any sudden movements, is that right? Uh-uh. He, he was trained that way, was he? Uh-uh. Where'd you get him from, Harry? The army. <laughs> Who's army, Harry? <laughs> Why'd they let him go, Harry? Don't, don't tell me what he did to the general, Harry, would you? Uh, it, it was the general's fault, though. Uh, he, he acted afraid of the dog, did he? Uh, and, and they can sense that, is that right? Uh, just just to appear, appear at ease, on that, that'll make him relax. Uh, that, 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 that sure makes a lot of sense, Harry. Or you just uh, cross your legs or, or say, a little too sudden was that, Harry? Go by. Go by. No, no. Don't be silly. <laughs> no, the suit's almost a month old, Harry. Don't be silly. <laughs> no, he, he, he hardly, hardly broke the skin, Harry. Uh, would I like to see him what? Do his trick. What's, what's his trick, Harry? Roll over. Play dead, maybe, Harry? No. Make, make my hand into a fist and act like I'm going to attack you. <laughs> I, I believe you, Harry. I believe hey, Listen, Harry, I've got to be going. I, I, no, no, I don't need any more eyes, Harry. Harry, don't, don't take... I, I, don't, I don't need any... Harry. Hi there, fella. Hi, boy. <laughs> What are you growling at, boy? The gumdrops? You want, you want some of the gumdrops, boy? Hey, hey. Boy, you don't even chew it, do you, fella? <laughs> you want, want some more gumdrops, boy, do you? More, more gumdrops, fella. Yeah, hi, Harry. Oh, we're getting along fine now. We're real pals. Huh? Well, he, he sure loves those gumdrops, doesn't he? Uh, only, only trouble is, when they're all gone, he doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're almost gone now, Harry. You, you want to you wanna fill the dish up with some more gumdrops? You, you don't have any more gumdrops. It's the last one, boy, all gone. Last... Last one. Let go, boy. Boy, let go. Where's he dragging me, Harry? Harry, get some more gumdrops. Harry! Harry! This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Mission Radio for a new generation. Tom Sumner Program.com. Tom Sumner Program.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, I'm I'm not what you would consider very fashionable, but uh, the fashion industry will be celebrating uh, Fashion Week in New York City coming up uh, the week of February 11th. And fashion has changed a lot um, over my lifetime, and a lot of those changes have been brought about by pressure from uh, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, or PETA. And we're going to talk a little bit about... um, uh, past, present, and future efforts of PETA with uh, Laura Shields, who uh, is the manager of corporate responsibility for PETA, and she joins me by phone. Uh, Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Is fur even in fashion anywhere anymore? You know, what is wonderful is that fur is dead. So many major designers and fashion houses have stopped using fur and also exotic skins. And they're instead using more luxurious vegan leather and eco-friendly faux furs that nobody had to suffer and die for. And, and of course, a lot of that has to do with the pressure brought to bear on the, the fashion industry by PETA. Um, in, in fact, uh, PETA kind of um, earned its stripes, if you will, from protesting against the fashion industry over fur. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful. In the last 40 years that PETA's been working to get animals out of supply chains, uh, to get them to stop being exploited for their skin or fur or hair, Uh, we have seen just tremendous growth with designers deciding that that's not uh, something they want to support anymore. And they're following really the trend of socially conscious consumers who are also aware of how awful the fur industry is and, and other industries as well, like leather and wool and down And it's been certainly a a big focus of PETA. Part of our mission is to um, end the use of animals for clothing. Now, there was a time when using animals for clothing, and and I'm thinking about, for example, indigenous people in the U.S., you know, going back uh, a few hundred years, where animals were used for skins, for clothing, and uh, um, other parts of the body for food and for other things. I mean, they they really were almost religious about how they treated animals as, as resources for their own survival. 
And then that changed when it just became a fashion thing to wear a fur coat or a fur hat or um, something else exactly. made from animal yeah. hides. Um, it, it was a lot. Yeah. Uh, oh, please. No, I, I, I was just trying to figure out a way to finish that up and, and, and ask how this evolution has gone. Is it, um, is it customers not wanting uh, clothes that were made from animals, or are the the fashionistas these days um, are they taking the lead on getting away from using that, animals? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is a great question, and I would say it's a combination of both. I would say that designers, um, as as you so aptly put, um, we have certainly evolved away from using animal skins. We just, the need isn't there anymore. We don't have to do that for survival. So it had become um, a fashion thing to raise animals and kill them simply to wear their their fur. And that's just not anything that needs to happen anymore. And I think that as consumers have become more aware of the ways in which that animals have been raised and killed for clothing, that they're, they're more socially conscious. There's a, the largest consumer base in history are millennials and Generation Z, and they're really aware of the ways that the products that they purchase are made, and that includes the animals that are used for those products. And so they're demanding cruelty-free, uh, sustainable, eco-friendly vegan materials and designers at the same time are also becoming aware that that the industries that they were sourcing from, like the fur industry, where they were keeping tiny animals in uh, rabbits and chinchillas and mink in solitary confinement and just deplorable, filthy conditions, uh, simply to take them out and kill them and then skin them and wear that fur, it's just, it's a gruesome ugly industry and I think as and consumers become aware and then the designers at the same time recognize that that it's just not necessary anymore there's there's so many innovative vegan materials that they can use instead that are also um, they're well they're more sustainable and they're kind and they're humane and it's not as if you have to replace uh, materials that come from animals with plastic or something. Uh, you can there's there are so many materials that are just much better for the environment. Uh, really exciting uh, materials like vegan leather made from the waste of wineries. So you take the grape skin and those uh-huh. have been sustainably processed and then turned into a leather that's luxurious. It's durable. It's supple and it's it's just really exciting it's it's a it's an exciting time the technology in alternative materials is exploding more with laura shields from PETA straight ahead hello darling this is elvira mistress of the dark with tom sumner 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Laura Shields from PETA, straight ahead. How important is uh, awareness to this evolution that's been going on and continues to go on? Because I remember, uh, Laura, when when I was, I don't know, 10, 12, I, I wanted... Mm-hmm. I wanted a buckskin jacket with fringe, just like Davy Crockett, and and I had no <laughs> idea, and I had no idea what that meant to, you know, animals or fashion or anything. I just saw this cool-looking coat on TV, and I wanted to have one. But it's it's different now when you understand what it what it means to get one. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of that awareness is brought from um, PETA's undercover investigation. And I would say that PETA has been on the forefront of exposing industries that have never been exposed before. These are industries that operate uh, without the public eye on them. And so horrific abuse takes place. And once PETA goes in, doesn't cover uncovers that abuse and then shares it with people, I think they're pretty surprised that this is this is taking place. Um, if, just for example, um, in the the leather industry, we have cows that have their their throat slit and many are still alive when they're skinned. and this takes place every day around the country. and once people recognize that this is where their their clothing is actually coming from, uh, there's no way just to take the skin off an animal and then slap it on a you know, pair of jeans or turn it into a purse without abuse being part of that process. And now that that's been exposed, uh, people are certainly responding and, and they're saying, you know, this is not okay. We're uh, there's, there's other ways to do it. You can have fashionable, you can have that, that same look of the buckskin coat or hat with the fringe, you can have that with a really durable vegan leather that uh, is much better for the environment and certainly better for the animals. Truth be told, I finally did get a fringe coat, but I don't think it was real. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know that I would have known the difference, Laura, but (laughs) I don't think the one I had was real. Um, but let me let me ask about this. Is there um, are, are there animal products um, that are, can be used uh, in the fashion industry that are sustainable? And I'm thinking specifically of wool because I know uh, uh, some people who have a small family farm in the Upper Peninsula of um, Michigan, and they raise sheep and and shear them and use the wool. To make clothing, mm-hmm. um, but I, but I think they're um, uh, I, I think they're very kind to their animals. And it, is there such a thing as as something like wool that could be considered uh, sustainable and and done in an somehow in an animal friendly way? Mm-hmm. That's a great question, and. You know, just to <clears throat> to be frank, um, no, there there's not. There's really no way to use an animal uh, for clothing or for anything without the animal suffering. And 
coal is is a great industry to look at because, as you said, there's there's the idea that wool is sustainable or it can be done in a humane way. And while there are small family farms that no doubt take excellent care of the sheep and shear them in a very uh, uh, a, a, a less cruel way, the vast, vast, vast majority uh, of wool, uh, you know, 99.9% comes from huge industrial wool operations where it is um, just horrific treatment of the sheep that I think a lot of people would be surprised about because when you, a lot of people think that, well, wool is just, you know, we hear this a lot, wool is just a haircut, but it, it is not a haircut. The, uh, the shearing process that we have documented on more than 100 shearing operations we have gone around the world, and that's in Australia, where about 80% of the world's wool comes from, and also in Argentina and Chile and Scotland and England and the U.S. on, in, on multiple farms, like Colorado and Wyoming and Utah, and we find the same types of abuses happening over and over again, where workers are beating and punching sheep in the face. They're sheared so quickly that they're left with gaping wounds on their body. And ultimately, when the sheep are deemed no longer useful because they're not um, producing as much wool, then they're sent uh, to slaughter. So uh, the wool industry certainly does raise and kill sheep uh, simply for their hair. And, and there's just no reason for that anymore. And, and I'm glad that you brought up sustainability because... Uh, wool, uh, it's, a, it's a myth that wool is sustainable. Wool is actually, uh, a- along with leather and the down industry, they're all part of animal agriculture, which is responsible for nearly 20% of greenhouse gas emissions. So that makes it a leading cause of the climate catastrophe. And people might say, like, well, <laughs> why wool? And it's because sheep... They produce methane, and you have billions of sheep, with billions with a B, um, being raised and killed for their wool. And not only that, but the waste from wool farms leaches into waterways. It pollutes streams. Uh, and then you have the, the treatment of wool. Again, you can't just take a sheep's uh, wool and then knit it into a sweater. You have to chemically treat it um, a lot so that it's, it doesn't uh, just rot because it's, you know, it's, it's someone's hair, basically. So the, the best thing that people can do that are concerned about uh, animals and the environment is to find uh, other materials. And there's so many, which was really exciting. There's so many on the market right now that are just as luxurious. They're just as soft. You have these beautiful sweaters that are indistinguishable from wool. You mentioned down, and, you know, the only time I... I never think about down and, and where it comes mm-hmm. from. It, You know, I think about down pillows and occasionally down jackets and, and some people talking about... Uh, allergies and preferring a down pillow to some other kind of pillow. I, I, what 
where does it come from and how is it uh, mined, if you will? Yeah, that's that's also a great question, too. And I think um, a lot of people aren't aware that down it even comes from an animal. And they'll be surprised sometimes when, you know, you might get in a pillow fight and all of a sudden the pillow explodes and a ton of feathers come out. And people are thinking, oh, these, like, these are literal feathers. And it is, it is feathers from geese and ducks. And just like the wool industry or the leather industry, um, these animals are raised on farms and they are killed, ultimately, for their feathers. So one of the her- really horrific things about the down industry that I always like to bring up is that a lot of people are aware that geese and ducks are often live plucked to get their feathers. So workers, we have gone into down farms um, across China and other places and have found that workers will kneel on the birds and pull the feathers off their body by the fistful while they're still alive and they're shrieking. And it is, oh, it's, it's horrific. See, I never, I never think about that part of it, um, Laura, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, living in Michigan, we have a lot of beachfront property. I mean, the, the state is literally surrounded by beaches, both peninsulas. And mm, lovely. when we walk up and down those beaches, there are feathers all over the place. And, and, and it, it almost seems, you know, to somebody that's, that's just a little bit naive that people just go around and collect those feathers and make down pillows. <laughs> right. We don't think about the <laughs> yeah, treatment exactly. of the animals. Right, yeah. Or that you have the birds, um, they're kept on, on farms, they're confined, and they're, they're plucked over and over again uh, until they're spent, and then they're uh, killed. And I think a lot of people would wish that, that birds just lived out their lives and, and shed their feathers naturally, but that is, that is not the reality. But it is exciting because um, even in places like, like Michigan, where it gets so cold and people think, oh, I need to have a down coat to stay warm, the technology with down alternatives has gone so far that now it, they often ex, uh, are superior to down. Because one of the things with down is that when it gets wet, it no longer warms you. So if you're outside, you've got wet snow or rain. Well, yeah, and if it, gets, if it gets wet from, mm-hmm. from rain or snow, it, it clumps, too. Exactly, yeah. And now there's down alternatives uh, that keep you warm, and they don't do that in, the, in those weather conditions. Um, and they're made from all sorts of things, recycled plastic water bottles. There's even a down on the market now, a down alternative, that is made from wildflowers, and it has a lofty insulation. You also have brands like the North Face that was a leader in the outdoor retail industry, and they make down jackets, down alternative jackets that are from a new technology called Thermoball, and it's uh, it's just it, it you know it's, it's superior to down. So down is certainly on its way out. Have um, these new materials, um, as as they're developed, do they play a starring role on the uh, on, on the runways at at 
fashion events? Is it is it important to the audience and the buyers um, to know that these new materials are being introduced? Is that part of the marketing of new lines? Certainly, and we're hoping to see um, designers that are using those innovative materials uh, celebrated at Fashion Week, but it, it's definitely something that's heralded. For example, Stella McCartney is using, she's taking literal trash out of the ocean, so it's discarded fishing nets, and she's turning that into a fiber that's silky and flowy and it's a beautiful um, kind of nylon-like material or a, a silk alternative. And that's, that's straight out of the ocean. So not only is she producing beautiful new clothing, she's also uh, helping uh, you know, take, take trash straight out of the ocean. So that's definitely something that, that's marketed. Um, people are excited to see those types of materials. There's another material called orange fiber, which takes the, the discarded um, orange peels and waste and pulp and stuff from uh, juiceries and then turns those into beautiful, silky materials. So I think that the fashion designers are certainly celebrating. Uh, you know, look at these great uh, new materials. Look at not only how beautiful they are, but look at what we're doing. We are, we are reusing waste or we are helping the ocean become less polluted. So it has, a, it has a, a socially conscious feeling to it as well. How has the, um, the pandemic this last two years, uh, two seasons, uh, impacted the, uh, the fashion industry and fashion week? It, it, people don't seem to be going well people haven't been going as many places so fashion hasn't been um, Mm -hmm. as interesting in fact i saw an interesting commercial just recently um with a woman who was going to the door to um for for a food delivery that was being delivered to her home and she dressed up for the delivery person (laughs) and and and, you know it was just it was a funny idea but but we're not out and about how is that impacting the the fashion industry and events like fashion week which is coming up in a couple weeks in new york right yes but and i can certainly relate to that i work from home and then when the (laughs) pandemic hit it was just another restriction so i i did find that oh i'm gonna attempt to go to the grocery store let's dress to the nines (laughs) (laughs) but i um i would say that it's impacted it in a lot of ways in a good way and and i don't mean to say that the pandemic is good at all but no but we do have to look for silver linings absolutely absolutely and i think it's just made people aware of of just the impact of our our actions in the world and and the 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 consequences of those and so that's definitely bled into the fashion industry and paying attention to actually how much waste the fashion industry uses and and how tangled it is with animal agriculture and they're 
they're trying to get away from that. But with New York Fashion Week, yeah, it's definitely, it's changed. Um, a lot of it's online now, so I'll certainly be following it online. Um, the audience is closed, but we've exploded on social media as far as uh, the exposure to, to fashion now. So that's been exciting because it's not just a select audience that gets to see the new fashion that comes out. Now everybody can see it. We can live stream it. Uh, we can look at the. We can get on get online and see what's happening. What are the big new things? The big new trends that we're likely to see, and how has that been impacted by an mm. alternative uh, materials and sources? Yeah, um, which is it really is exciting that that the new trend for fashion is. It's vegan, it's innovative, it's sustainable, uh, it's animal-free. And you'll see that there are so many designers now that are using pineapple leather and cactus leather and grape leather and mushroom leather. You've got, you've got from H&M, which is doing, um, I helped facilitate a 100% vegan collection that just came out in October. And then you have that all the way up to Chanel, who's using pineapple leather, or Hermes, which is using a mushroom leather for their one of their iconic bags that they turned into, um, that used to be made out of leather, that they turned it into a mushroom leather. So we're just seeing that, that animal skins are being replaced with more sustainable and kind materials that, that don't come from animals. And... and- can people tell the difference? Is there any discernible difference? It depends on the designer, but most of the materials are indistinguishable from animal skins, uh, which is really the exciting part because people then, there, there's absolutely no reason to use anything that comes from an animal, especially with clothing, because now you have readily available uh, materials and clothing items that you can purchase that uh, that look and feel like leather or down or wool, but they they don't come from those animals. Do you have any sense, Laura, for um, how much of an impact the introduction of new alternative materials has had on? Uh, uh, the the industries that were cruelly obtaining animal skins and and furs and and feathers and so on. Yeah, well, um, I would say that with the fur industry, uh, that is you know every day we get announcements that say that another fur farm has shut down or um, uh, a whole country has banned. The, the use of fur. So it's definitely, it, it's kind of like any industry that is no longer, um, it's just no longer serving us. And consumers are aware of the harm that comes from animal-derived materials, and they're demanding innovative vegan materials. And so the industries that were exploiting and abusing animals have to evolve. They have to evolve with socially conscious consumers. And that's that how that's how it goes really with with any industry we're all evolving trying to be better and the industries that 
that used animal skin used animals are are changing and moving into different different arenas. My guest is uh, Laura Shield. She's a Ph.D. and a manager of corporate responsibility for uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals, or PETA, as most people know it. Um, Laura, we're we're almost out of time, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Um, Where's a good place for people to to learn more about you and your work, past, present, and future? Um, Do you have a website? Yes. Um, We invite everyone, I invite all of the listeners to go to PETA.org, that's P-E-T-A dot O-R-G, and you can get free shopping guides, and you can learn how wearing vegan is one of the most effective ways to help animals in the environment every day. Well, Laura, I can't believe how fast our time has gone, and I really appreciate you spending this time with me and the listeners this morning. And uh, um, enjoy Fashion Week from the comforts of uh, your home office, and um, keep up the good work. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much, Tom. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Once again, that was uh, Laura Shields, Ph.D., Manager of Corporate Responsibility for PETA. And with that, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Outside of the world, I'll realize as the light And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. 
and now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Quiplet Technology. My Community College. It's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Ellen Sherman, Cleveland housewife and mother. Hi, I'm a nuclear physicist and commissioner of consumer affairs. In my spare time, I do needlepoint, read, sculpt, take writing lessons, and brush up on my knowledge of current events. Thursday's my day at the daycare center, and then there's my work with the deaf. But I still have time left over to do all my own baking and practice my backhand, even though I'm on call 24 hours a day as a legal aid. How does Ellen Sherman do it all? She's smart. She takes speed. The tiny blue diet pill you don't have to be overweight to need. And then I collect these paper bags. And I have them right here, all folded and everything. In case anyone needs a paper bag, I have Yes, one. speed. Because I fold them neatly, you know. I don't fold them just any old way. Why I not ask your family doctor for a prescription today? And, and when that runs out, you can ask your neighbor's doctor. And your mother's doctor. And your college roommate's doctor. 
And your best friend from high school, doctor. And your babysitter. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, the Bickersons. The Bickersons have retired. As usual, Mrs. Bickerson tosses restlessly while her husband, John, insomniac extraordinary, provides this audible testimony of his constant wakefulness. Let's listen. Oh, for the love of heaven, what is he doing? John! 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 What's the matter with you? You are making the most frightful noises. What's the matter? What's the matter, Blanche? Are you in pain? I've got a terrible headache. Haven't slept a wink. You've been sleeping like a felled ox. Head aches. You wouldn't have such a headache if you didn't make so many cocktails before dinner. Why do you do that, John? Always do it. Why? No good to eat on an empty stomach. Put out the lights, Blanche. The lights are out. How would you know anyway with that sleep shade on? Well, something's flashing in my head. Ow! Take an aspirin. Okay. Hmm, feel better already. How can you chew those things like that? Wash it down with something. All right. Ah. John Bickerson, you washed it down with bourbon. You lied to me. You got the lights on. Yes, I'm going to keep them on. Sit up. I want to talk to you. Please, Blanche, I can't sit up. My head will fall off. Why do you always have to talk in the middle of the night? When else can I talk to you? You come home for dinner and bury your head in the paper. Never a word out of you. And you tell me you've got to go to bed early because you have insomnia. Well, I have. It takes me hours to fall asleep. It took you all of 30 seconds tonight. Well, this was a good night. Good night. John. John. I went over to see the Marvin's new baby this afternoon. It's a beautiful child. Do you know their first one is over a year old? I hope so. He's been walking since he was eight months. He must be awful tired. I am too. Children are such a blessing. Mm. It's wonderful to watch them grow up. You'd be surprised how many childless couples are adopting children. I'd better have another aspirin. Boy, have I got a headache. Mm. John? Hmm? Don't you miss the patter of tiny feet around the house? No, I don't, Blanche. Children are wonderful, all right, but you have to be able to afford them. All this talk of adopting. What the devil is that? What's what? That. Put the lights on. John? Blanche, don't tell me that you went out and... It's and only a dog, silly. A, a dog? What do we need dogs for? I got for? a little puppy. Where's the aspirin? What did you get a dog for? Now, don't get hysterical. Where is the little beast? I can hear it, but I can't see it. He's right there, in the bureau. 
I've got him in your shirt drawer. You put him in there with my shirt? He won't suffocate. The drawer's open. Blanche, you know I'm allergic to dog hair. It gives me sinus trouble. Where's the aspirin? You are just a big hypochondriac. You imagine those allergies like you do your insomnia. I tell you, I'm allergic to dogs. They make me... make me... Get rid of that thing. He'll whine all night and keep me awake. The man said he'll keep quiet if you give him one of those worm pills. Well, where are they? On the night table by your bed. How do you give a dog... Where... They're on the night table by your bed. There's nothing here except the aspirins. The aspirins are in the medicine cabinet. How can they be in the... Blanche, what have I been eating? No wonder my headache won't go away. Why do you do these things to me? Send for a doctor. Don't carry on so. If they're good for a dog, they won't hurt you. Go to sleep. Go to sleep, she tells me. Here I am dying from dog poisoning. My, My head is splitting. She knows I'm allergic to dogs, hides the aspirin, and makes... I don't know. Get up so early, never get another wink of sleep as as long as... John? John? Hmm? tight. Thanks. I can see how much sleep I'm going to get tonight. We'll have to get rid of the puppy. Now you're talking. I want you to take him down to the dog pound. Okay, I'll do it on my way to work. You go in the opposite direction. Well, I'll go out of my way. You say it, but you won't do it. You better take him now. What? Go on, get up, take the puppy to the dog pound. Blanche, are you out of your mind? It's after two in the morning. They're open all night. Go on, get up and take him. Well, I've never heard of such a thing. You know I went to bed with a splitting headache and had to take a dozen worm pills to fall asleep. You'd take the dog to the pound quick enough if Gloria Gooseby asked you to. How do you always manage to work the conversation around a Gloria Gooseby? Well, if you wouldn't shout so much, maybe the puppy would be able to sleep. Ah, what's the use? Good night. I thought it would be nice to have a little dog, especially when we move into our new apartment. Still have a year to go on this one. Our lease expired on Friday. I renewed it yesterday. I canceled it this morning. Amos is raffling off the apartment for me. That's a good idea. Amos is what? Amos sold 500 tickets at $2 a piece, and the winner moves into our apartment tomorrow. Oh, Blanche, no. I... I don't believe it. We'll be on the street. Amos said he'll find us a new place in a jiffy. Jiffy? Haven't you heard there's a housing shortage? Where would he find a place? Well, I bought a ticket myself. It's a wonderful chance. Lovely three-room apartment, large kitchen, big closets. It's worth $2, and we might get it. Get it? We've got it now. I know. But even if we didn't win, we get the $1,000 Amos collected for the rest of the tickets. Look, Blanche, I gave the landlord a $1,200 bonus to renew the lease. So now I'm out $200 and I've got no place to live. Sounds like pretty poor business to me. Why do you make such deals? Now look, Blanche... The trouble with you, John, is that you are too conservative. Look, Blanche... If you'd pick up some of the deals that Amos has, we might be able to live as nicely as he does. Blanche... He's been living at the Biltmore Hotel for a year. He sleeps on a billiard table. Look out. Where's my slippers? What are you going to do? Let me get to that phone. I'll show... Ow! Ooh! Ooh! Put on the lights. The lights are on. Open your eyes. Oh. Here's here's the phone. I know it's going to ring, and I want to be ready when it does. Hello? Excuse me. Drop dead. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That wasn't Amos. I'll get it. I'll get it. Amos. Hi, Jacko. 
What are you doing up this time of night? Packing, Amos. We're moving, haven't you heard? Why aren't you going to invite me in? I'd like to look the place over. You mean... Yep, I won the raffle. Darndest luck I ever saw. Who drew the ticket, Amos? Fair and square. I wouldn't take a chance having some phony draw it, so I drew it myself. What a coincidence. Get out of here. What's the matter with you, Jacko? You got a thousand dollars coming, and if you're worried about a place to live, I'll rent you the garage. You haven't got a car anymore, you know. Get out of here before I hit you with a cleaver. Okay, Jacko. You don't have to get sore. You better give the money back to people you sold tickets to, or you'll have a lot of explaining to do. Not me, brother. You'll have to do the explaining. I'll tell them you won. Good night, Jacko. That guy will wind up on a chain gang as sure as... Was it Amos who won? I did. Now at last I can go to sleep in my own bed without worrying. No, you can't, dear. The dog's in there. But, oh, nuts. I'll sleep in the garage. Good night, John. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Show Hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I want to say thanks to all of my guests who appeared on the show today, starting with uh, this last hour talking about the future of fashion uh, um, with uh, vegan and or vegan and uh, sustainable materials becoming more and more available. That uh, conversation with um, Laura Shields, Ph.D. and uh, Manager of Corporate Responsibility from PETA, and uh, before that, we talked with um, Pamela Gale Johnson, the author of Practical Happiness for Principles to Improve Your Life. She's also the founder of the Society for Happy People. And uh, I enjoyed uh, very much, as I always do, my conversation with uh, attorney and author Mike Papantonio, who has just penned a new legal thriller called Inhuman Trafficking. Um, great conversation, to be sure. Anyway, that's Smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room, but I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. It's Wednesday, which means armchair politics, so be sure and join us for that. In the meantime, good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. 
This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.